Greetings, travelers! Welcome back to our final 2023 episode here on Tales from the Enchanted Forest podcast. We are your hosts, Fox and Sparrow. Merry Christmas and happy holidays! Though I do recognize that when this episode goes up, it'll be just after Christmas, but I'm still living that Christmas spirit. I'm that person who does not put the tree away until like way too late in January because I like want to hang on to the Christmas magic and people are like, no, it's time. And I'm just like, no, I want, I want, want more. <laughs> I want more. You know what? I think the week from the 24th till about the 31st or the 1st, it's just no man's land. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas. It's Boxing Day. It's New Year's. Everything is just a food-induced coma. I will say, earlier this week, and by at the time we're recording, it's like mid-December. Um, I uh, I I got my. I think I, I mentioned to you, Fox, that I got my windows replaced in my house. Yeah. And one of the guys who came in to replace my windows looked at my tree and said, "Hmm, you still have your tree up." And I was like. What? Well, yeah, my Christmas hasn't happened yet. And he's like, yeah, our Christmas has happened, so that should be gone. And then he continued doing his work, and I was so in shock, I couldn't even come up with a follow-up. What is he talking about? Like, that's where I was trying to look it up. Like, I th- I, I understand, like, different, like, uh, cultures celebrate Christmas at different times, but, like, isn't, like, December 25th the classic Western day that's honored for Christmas? Like, that's the stat holiday. Why, uh... <laughs> Why was it so weird that we still had a Christmas tree up? I don't know. What is he talking about? I mean, he's obviously wrong. <laughs> but I, well, I guess here in Austria, you do have like St. Nicholas Day yeah. or whatever, where you have the Christmas presents from St. Nick. Um, and then you have actual Christmas Day on Christmas Eve. So you celebrate on Christmas Eve. But... I don't think I would ever go to someone else's house and just be like, ah, your tree, yeah, it needs to go before Christmas. You know what? Actually, I could see what people, because people do make that comment to me and my husband, uh, just because we like to turn our Christmas tree into a Valentine's tree sometimes. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Um, I love it. Well, it's just because when you get a real tree, it feels awful to get rid of it so soon. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I just love having plants in a house. And a Christmas tree is just a giant plant in your house. This is true. So, but thankfully, I think what they do with the trees here is, well, thankfully and not thankfully, because I don't think we've ever used it. But um, I think around the beginning of January, people can put their trees in like designated spots and they get taken to the local wild park mm. and the deer eat them. Oh, so deer eat trees. Dang. Well, I think it's the pine or something. I don't know. They do something with the trees and then they send it off. I'm thinking of getting flashbacks to moments in Bambi where they ate like the bark off the tree <laughs> or something like that. They do a lot with, actually with the deer because even when I was at my hairdresser, because I got a haircut, she was very much like, oh, you know, the farmers come by sometimes and they ask for hair trimmings. Oh. And... It's because apparently they put them in like bundles and they hang them up on the trees so that when the deer are sharpening their antlers or molting um, their antlers, they won't do it um, on specific trees on the farmer's property because it damages the trees. So I thought that was quite fun. That is interesting. Um, 
So I said, yeah, go ahead, take my, give my, my hair to the farmers for the, for the deer. The deer. Oh, dear. Everything for the deer population here. But anyways, the holidays are here and we're just enjoying the vibes here in the Enchanted Forest. And we'll, we're going to be happy to extend that a little longer than maybe is socially acceptable. <laughs> so we'll still be telling Christmas stories in February is what I'm hearing. I mean, we will take a break in January to do some solo episodes, and I already mm-hmm. have a couple episodes lined up that are not Christmas-related uh, for February that I'm really excited about, so uh, we might not be doing Christmas stories, but I do have some really good ones. That'll be very exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not exciting in the sense that we won't get to talk as often, but I feel like January is a busy month with exams back up and then... My birthday, obviously, mm-hmm. the highlight of the month. Got to have your birthday, but then my birthday's in February, and then we just get back to it anyways. <laughs> your birthday present is celebrating the podcast. Yay! Uh, but no, I think January's always been a nice month for us to take off because it's like we're also recovering from our holiday events as well, so it's just really hard to coordinate during that time. Um, but we get some fun mini episodes in there, but... As much as there's things to look forward to, I think we should also talk about some of the things that's happened this past year. Lately, we've been talking about things we're into in the current week, but since it's like end of year, it's also kind of our New Year's episode, uh, I was thinking we could talk about maybe some of the big things we got into this year, or like the big highlights as it were. So Fox, why don't you tell me a bit about that? What, What have been the big, big things that you've gotten into this year? I have been very into getting ill. <laughs> um, that has been my highlight of 2023. I feel like I just spent all of 2023 either sick or about to get sick or in that period where you're like, wow, I'm not sick anymore and I can feel my, my, you know, my nostrils <laughs> and I can feel my throat Ugh. and I don't have a headache and then right back to it. Um Bit of an exaggeration, obviously, but I just feel like this month has, like, not this month, this year. I've been saying this month, but this year has been just very busy. And it's been constantly, you know, surrounded by kids. So when you're surrounded by kids, obviously, you're going to pick up everything they have. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I haven't really been taking care of myself all that well. Obviously, going for walks and getting fresh air and eating lots of fruits and vegetables, all that kind of stuff. But I haven't really seen a doctor at all this year, which <laughs> I think might be a red flag. Um, this is fine, probably. But this is the problem with being an expat is you move to a different country and everything is just difficult. New country, who dis? Yeah, so like it's a lot harder to get on a waiting list for a doctor. And when you live in a small village, it's obviously harder because there's like... actually. I have no excuse because there's like four or five of them here. (laughs) But there are waiting lists. And when you have an aging population, um, obviously they get priority. And there's no really like walk-in clinics. You can't just go see a doctor um, after waiting for four hours like you can in Canada. Um, So I just haven't been ill enough to need to go see a doctor. But I probably should and just be like, hey, can you check to make sure everything is working? Because it seems like nothing is working. (laughs) Um, but besides being ill, I have picked up a new hobby. I am skiing. So I should have done this probably years ago, but I've always been quite afraid and it's been 
not really worth it because of work and stuff so I wouldn't really have all the time to invest into just practicing and just going down and just getting over my fear of throwing myself off a mountain (laughs) um so as you do I mean I should make use of you know the fact that I live in a mountain resort yeah so I have been skiing I officially have my own skis and my own boots it's very exciting uh they are very hard to carry so if anyone has any I guess if they want to design a ski bag that I can just throw over my shoulder (laughs) that'd be perfect but not like a travel ski bag because those things look insane they're too big (laughs) we want an aesthetically pleasing ski bag well I've seen people have like because you know you have to have the ski bags and the snowboard bags when you carry things onto airplanes and those are fine but I think they're really bulky and my skis are baby skis (laughs) they are beginner skis they are very small and they're pink but you know I'm in my Barbie era Um, so I just need something to easily transport them specifically when I've just finished skiing and my legs are lemons Uh. and I cannot move them I need something for that moment Usually I have what's called a husband, but <laughs> he's very much into telling me that I need to carry my own equipment and, you know. Well, he's probably carrying his equipment. Yeah, but he's, he carry, okay, he does carry mine, but his rule is he'll only help me if I really need it, not if I want it. Aww. Which is a problem. <laughs> no, it's a problem because I want it all the time. <laughs> I shouldn't have to carry my own things. That's not what married life. This is not the married life I was promised. You really should have put that in the fine details before you married him. Yeah, you should carry all my ski equipment. Okay. You've been to being sick and skiing. Anything else? Ooh, audiobooks. I have Ooh. been very into audiobooks this year. I've listened to... So usually I don't really like audiobooks because it requires me to do... Something where I'm not thinking, but my hands are still doing stuff. So mm-hmm. I can puzzle and listen to an audiobook, or I can clean and listen to an audiobook. But I'm not one of those people that can just like sit there and just listen. I have to be actively listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've picked up, you know, coloring and doing a little bit of art and painting. And I really just try to listen to audiobooks when I'm on walks. Um, So I've tried to do that because I really like the idea of audiobooks. So this year I gave it a really fair shot. And I've just been listening to a lot of audiobooks. I feel like it's so productive because I can feel like I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. But I'm really just going for a walk and listening to like, you know, a 12 hour long book or I guess 18, 20 hour long book. Um, And my highlights have really been He Who Fights With Monsters Uh, My brother-in-law and my husband really liked the series. And I think you would actually really like it as well. I think I've mentioned it before. But I have been, I listened to, I think, the seventh book. And then I went into listening to Iron Flames, the second book of the Fourth Wing um, Dragon series. And it was, it was not fun. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. So I know in a previous episode, I was like, let people enjoy things. I can enjoy a book and realize that I think it's not a very good book. <laughs> it was a really good story for like the second half. Mm. But the problem is that I think He Who Fights With Monsters has kind of ruined fantasy books for me because oh, no. the main character in He Who Fights With Monsters does things in a logical way and in a satisfying way. Like if someone wrongs him, he doesn't go out of his way to, you know, 
um, forgive them. He just smacks them down. Or, you know, if there is a miscommunication, he communicates. And also, he's clever enough that he just understands things. Like someone will say, oh, there's been an attack here. And he goes, ah, well, given the time and the date and the logical explanation, I think this is the reason. And you're kind of there like, oh, wow, he figured it out. But the problem, I think, with Iron Flame was it was such a long book. And for a lot of it, not much happened. And again, I enjoyed the story. I'm very curious about what's going to happen next. I'm still going to read the books. I think the actual story is fantastic and fun. I just think the writing is rushed a little bit. Um, not a lot happened. And it was, a, it was I think, a 28-hour book, like audiobook. Yeah, that's a lot to go through. What do you have to tell me for 28 hours? And I think it only started picking up at like hour, like I had 13 hours left, I think. And then I was like, oh, okay, the story's going somewhere. Yeah. Which is not a good thing. I'm amazed you held out that long. Well, I was listening to it at two times speed, I think. I think because I spent a lot of time in November traveling. So I was on a train a lot. And I think I had it on two times speed and I was just blasting through it because nothing was happening and it was driving me crazy. <laughs> um, one thing I will say about the Iron Flame book is that the action is really fun. When there's action and there's tension and there's that kind of stuff, that's where Rebecca Yars really shines and the voice actor, phenomenal. I'm sorry, narrator, really, audiobook narrator. But it it felt like she was a voice actor. She was very good. I like audiobooks now, I think. I like the idea of audiobooks. Like, I think a lot of people have recommended some (laughs) to me. But I think I just have so many physical books that I'd be embarrassed to just jump to audiobook without actually getting, (laughs) like, even getting through, like, half of the books that I physically own. So I feel like I can't get into that until I've addressed the other issue, whereas <laughs> I got to get on some of these. <laughs> so your, your fear comes from the judgment that your physical books will pass on. Yes, they will stare at me and give me that look and I will, I will feel too self-conscious about it. <laughs> Fair point. It's what I do when I'm at a bookstore. I'm just like, should I, should I buy? Then I'm like, no, I can't. I have so many books I haven't even cracked open. Anyway, so um, besides my complaining about things, (laughs) (laughs) that's literally all I did. I just complained about skiing. I complained about being sick. I complained about audiobooks. What are you into? Well, let me complain about a bunch of stuff. So uh, what do you have to complain about for this year? Um, I was into complaining. That's going to be my slogan. So all of last year, all of 2022, Mm -hmm. I got into Critical Role. But there's like ton of content. So I've really spent that entire year like just listening to campaigns one and two. But I finished campaign two like right at like New Year's. So this year I like got to start fresh with campaign three. But campaign three is ongoing. So I had the heartbreaking moment where I caught up to live stream. And that was really um, a feeling of like, no, I don't want to wait week by week for new content. Uh, so that was kind of the beginning of my year was going into that. Then the other thing, the the mammoth thing that came out uh, in the spring that really took up my spring and good chunk of my summer was playing The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And that was just mm, mwah, fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I was very excited for the game. But yet at the same time, I was like, I don't know how they could top Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was amazing. And then they did. They topped it and just vaulted over it. And I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like, that was really my first happy year was, Mm -hmm. like, Critical Role and Tears of the Kingdom. 
Did you do them together? So you did them together, right? Because Critical Role, you don't really have to watch it. You can just listen. I did some Critical Role listening with Tears of the Kingdom, but not a ton of it uh, because Tears of Mm -hmm. the Kingdom was so good. Both the things I really just wanted to enjoy solo. Two very good things to do. Yeah, it was, oh my goodness, so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) They were both, like, both very good things. Highly recommend. Although I think I've said my piece on Critical Role before. I'm like, it's very good. Absolutely no one should be into it because it's too much of a a thing to get into. (laughs) But if you ever do decide to do it, it's very worth it. (laughs) Okay, I won't go off on that anymore because I've talked a lot about Critical Role. I'll talk another thing I've talked a lot about. Baldur's Gate 3. (laughs) (laughs) It was the other huge video game I got into this year. And I'm happy to report you know, listeners do not have to worry about me talking about it next year because I'll probably finish it tonight, quite frankly, and then we probably won't talk until February, and so I will be not talking about this in the future, likely. Okay. Um, But it was a fantastic game. I really enjoyed it. I was really upset with the final choices I was offered. It was there was no good option that I really liked so it was kind of one of those things Mm -hmm. where in the final moments of the game they were like you can't save everything you have to choose what is really important to you you can't just be like everyone's fine everything's gonna be okay it's like ugh so I was really upset about that because I wanted the very classic hero I'm gonna save everybody everything's gonna be fine it's all gonna be good and it was like Mm -hmm. no so that was very gut wrenching, <laughs> but it was good. That sounds rough. <laughs> it's like it's really good, but the reality of it is like it really tests you to be like something has mm-hmm. to give. <laughs> I like the way you said that. It was really good, and then a freak out. It's good in that sense that it's pushing you. It's not mm-hmm. like cookie cutter, but. I really thought, because I remember even hearing about this going into it, like, they were like, oh, definitely in Act 3, like, your choices matter, and they're really going to push you in some mm-hmm. ways. And I thought, Psh, I'm going to do everything right before then, so I have all of the options before me at my disposal, and I will pick the best ending. And then I was, like, mm-hmm. faced with that choice, and then I, like, spent, like, an hour agonizing over it internally and in another hour consulting the internet to understand where I went wrong and they were just like you just gotta choose and I'm like no I don't accept it <laughs> you um, can't make me you can't make me choose <laughs> anyways so that's a good game I was and that really took up my second half of the year um I would say that that was a lot of what I did so those are the big things I'd say I had critical role or catching up to critical role tears of the kingdom and Baldur's Gate 3, and, um, yeah. I mean, there was other stuff in there, but I don't think I'll bog down with anything else. Those were the major things in my year. Like, things I got into. Mm-hmm. Well, that's... I like that. I like that it's just... I... So I never actually started playing Tears of the Kingdom yet because... <sighs> I know I'm going to have to dedicate a lot of just time to it, so I'm waiting for the summer, to be honest. It but, was my game of the year. I know a lot of websites are giving it to Baldur's ooh. Gate 3, but I was never really upset or angry in Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom. 
But you are upset and angry during Baldur's Gate? <laughs> well, maybe, and maybe not angry, but I got like really annoyed oh. with some of the bugs in Baldur's Gate 3. Like, and there was like, I just felt like I had to do a lot of stops, restarts from old saves or going back and backtracking for some things. Mm-hmm. I just never felt those like annoyances in Tears of the Kingdom. So this is a personal take. I, this, I really like that one. That, I could just vibe with that game a lot more, you know? So, no, I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense that you would want the game that just consistently made you happy mm-hmm. versus one that had some moments where you were also stressed. Yeah. Anyways, we came here for uh, fairy tales, right? Oh, yes. So this is now um, a podcast about our lives. Uh, not so much about the fairy tales, but... <laughs> We do have a fairy tale for you guys today. Yes, we do. Uh, we are going to end off the year with something that's not too princessy, not too, you know, fighting a dragon, but something that's nice and cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a Bulgarian fairy tale, and the author is unknown. The origins are unknown. It is just a fairy tale that has been plucked from the internet. And it is called The Little Girl and the Whirlwinds. So join us for this whirlwind of an adventure. Once long ago, there was a miserable winter witch. She had spent all season blanketing the world in snow. But like clockwork, she could feel the approaching, disgustingly bright notes of spring. She could feel her powers fading and the stillness of the world she loved was beginning to thaw. One day, she decided she would just keep the world frozen in winter forever. It would be the only season, and she would keep the sun hidden away so the earth was hers forever. After all, who could stop her? Not so long after, the villagers in a tiny mountain village woke up, not to the birdsong and blossoms as they had hoped, but to their doors and windows darkened with piles and piles of snow. They spent hours digging each other out before holding an urgent council meeting. The villagers agreed that something was wrong and winter had gone on for far too long. Someone would need to go to the highest peak where the good wizard Father Frost lived. They knew that if they waited, they would be frozen in their houses forever next time. I really like this moment because this feels like it happens like every (laughs) February where everyone I know just kind of gets together and go, we agree winter's gone on too long this year, right? We're all like, right. But nobody (laughs) has ever thought of sending someone to like the mountain to talk to the wizard like why didn't we think of this oh i feel like that happens in march because february i feel like you're still kind of okay um i feel like february just goes on forever and then it starts to get a little bit sunny and people start thinking oh my god spring is here and then the march the march winter hits you that's true i always feel like that conversation starts at the end of february and maybe really just yeah because february is always the longest month i don't know what it is about february but february is just it's the shortest month no it's the it feels like the longest month i like i feel like january i can get through because it's still winter and cozy and the vibes are still there but then february hits and it feels like it goes on for months and then the (laughs) end of february hits and it starts to feel like okay it's getting a little bit warmer the sun is out a little bit more and then second winter hits in March is, is how it always goes for me. And now in this winter, which is like, what about second winter and third winter and, and, <laughs> and breakfast and fourth winter? Seas? 
I feel like that's what's happening this year. Because November, we had fluffy, storybook, um, Whoville type of snow. Oh, dang. And then now it's just bright and sunny and blue skies. And the snow is melting. And I don't know what to do with it because I want to go skiing. (laughs) (laughs) I will use every bit of my season pass. Okay, I did not buy a season pass for winter to stop in March this year. Okay, guys, Fox finally got a winter pass. You know what that means? No more winter. No more. Listen, uh, global warming needs to chill it this year. It really does. Seem I to demand chill. full use of my of my pass. We need to go talk to the wizard about this. <laughs> I'm with the witch here. As long as the season can go on, it should. So, despite everyone coming to unanimous agreement, no one wanted to volunteer for the perilous journey. Finally, an old withered man spoke up and said, I would go out once, but I am too old and slow. If I was 20 years younger, I would already have been off. Still, no one spoke up until the old man's granddaughter, a poor orphan girl who had come to live with him after her parents' death, took her grandfather's hand and volunteered as the messenger. As if at once, her neighbor's voices rose in a cry of refusal. How could she go, they questioned. She was too young, too small, and she didn't even have a coat or a hat. She would freeze to death. The girl responded bravely that she was not afraid. She was as fast as any mountain goat, and her little heart was full of love, so it would keep her warm. Her friends knew she had a good heart, but they still fretted over her, and each ran home to get something for her to wear. One grabbed a hat, another a scarf, and so on until she was snug in her borrowed warmth. She set off, and true to her word, she was as nimble and quick as a mountain goat. She went further and further until she reached the summit and could spot the top of the highest peak. As she picked her way across the top of the world, her movement woke the slumbering whirlwinds. They rose bitterly and spotted the little girl. Let us blow her right off this mountain, one roared and they all joined in on pelting her with a vicious wind. The little girl huddled down with her red face tucked into her scarf and bravely kept going. The winds blew and blew, but they could not shake the little girl off the mountain. Exhausted, they fell into a heap. They were dismayed until one had an idea to call their sisters, the blizzards, for help. The blizzards were angry on their brother's behalf and stormed down onto the little girl. She could barely see ahead of her, but still, she kept going forward thanks to her warm heart. The blizzards also fell angrily to the ground with their brothers. They began crying and calling for their mother, the frosty winter witch. The winter witch was annoyed at her children and appeared before them with a snarl. Fools, if you cannot beat someone down, then don't try the same thing again and again. Instead, you must hide your evil intentions and make them trust you. She chided, and then she came up with the plot to fool the little girl. The witch took on the appearance of the little girl's mother's face and donned a beautiful icy dress dripping with crystals. She flew to an area ahead of the little girl's path and sat down to sing an intoxicatingly beautiful lullaby. The little girl heard the witch before she saw her and was delighted with the soft music. She didn't know if it was an illusion or real, but she swore that she saw her mother's face. The little girl felt oh so tired, and so she settled down onto the snow to listen, promising herself she would only nap for an hour or so. After all, the frosty wizard wasn't that far, and she could still get to him. 
The witch sang and sang until she was sure the little girl was in a deep slumber. Then she laughed wickedly and set off to scold her children some more. The sleeping girl dreamt of her mother's face and warm, sunny days. She slept until her pink cheeks turned red and her toes started turning blue. She was freezing to death, and yet she didn't know. So um, the other day when I like kind of looked at the story, I was like, hmm, how long <laughs> does it take for someone to freeze to death? And that's when I learned I'm deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> Like hearing any story that regards uh, like people mm-hmm. freezing to death or getting close to that point, because I started reading some mm-hmm. articles about children who've been in the snow for too long and what happened to them, and I didn't get an answer, but I just I tried. All I know is that depending um. depending on how like warm she was and based on what I know, it could really take minutes. It could take a long time to freeze to death from hypothermia. But it could take as little as just a few minutes, depending on how cold it is. And she is on top of a mountain. Yeah. So, so that's it probably like... is quite cold. So obviously suspension of disbelief. But, you know, uh, definitely make sure to bundle up if you know it's going to be really cold outside because hypothermia is no joke. And it's uh, that's it's a, it's something awful. <laughs> Sparrow here with the facts to bring you back to reality. All the facts. Unlike the little girl in this story, you will die. I tried really hard to get like some more concrete facts, but I really just realized quickly, I'm like, this is not something I'm comfortable with anymore. Yeah, I feel like it's just depressing Googling children freezing to death. Well, then I was like, maybe it'll be better if I look up adults freezing to death. And that was not better. <laughs> it's just mm. one of those things... How many banana lifespans does it take you to die of the cold? Well, I feel like I've looked up stuff like this before, and it just it just didn't hit me the same way. I was like, this this might be a fear of mine. <laughs> this might be a new fear I need yeah. to add to my collection. <laughs> I feel like there's always things that make you think, I could just die by existing in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah, humans are crazy. We could survive so much, but if you, like, just fall down the stairs the wrong way, that's it. But also, step outside in the wrong clothes and you're dead. Like, our skin is not meant to be fuzzy and warm. No, for sure. Anyway, so, you know, be careful out there in the winter days. Uh, Make sure you're uh, well-dressed for the season. Otherwise, the blizzards and whirlwinds might have a problem with you, existing somewhere where you're not welcome. Exactly the audacity so while our little girl was actively freezing to death all of a sudden a little white mouse popped its head out of the snow it took one look at the frozen bundle and squeaked an alarm the mouse called to its friends and they all began hurriedly massaging the little girl's hands and feet their little cries of alarm were lost on the little girl but their friends the rabbits heard them The rabbits, in turn, cried, and they woke up the squirrels from their trees, and all the animals swarmed to her, snuggling up against her and making such a racket that she woke up at last. She did not know how to thank the creatures, but they did not need any. The animals had woken up in preparation for spring not so long ago, but the winter had never ended. They had no food, and they were worried about what would come next. So they all decided to join the little girl on her way to the Frost Wizard. The happy, adventuring party made their way to the highest peak and into the magnificent ice palace. There, they wandered into the throne room where the frost wizard was sleeping. 
The squirrels rushed forward and tickled his nose with their tails until he let out a great big sneeze and woke himself up. He blinked in confusion at the assembled group in front of him, but quickly his confusion grew to anger when the little girl bravely told him what had happened. He knew at once that this must be the work of the Frosty Witch, so he blew his silver whistle and his icy subjects appeared, setting off at once to find the witch and lock her up until next winter. Then he went about freeing the sun from under the dark clouds and reversing the Frosty Witch's spell. The little girl was overjoyed to feel the sunlight warm upon her little face, and so she set back with her friends to her village. When they arrived, the villagers met them with songs and dances. Her friends had gathered the newly formed snowdrops and adored her in them as they all settled in to join the shift from winter to spring. And that is the story of the little girl and the whirlwinds. The end. If I had a snow problem, or like a cold problem in general, my first thought would not be, let's go to the Frost Wizard, who in his name sounds like he should want more cold and everything. I would have looked for like the Fire Wizard or the Spring Wizard or like the Summer Lady. <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of interested to see where this is going. I'm like, I don't know if the Frost Wizard's actually the person you want to see here. Well, it sounds like he lives on what could be a glacier, so he's fine with there being seasons. In some versions of this story, and there aren't many, it's actually Father Christmas, who Ooh. is the Frost Wizard. And I think in another one, it's a wizard who needs to be paid with laughter. So you have to like make him laugh in order for him to do a spell for you. I like the idea of the Frost Wizard just kind of taking a nap in the snow until someone wakes him up and then he goes, huh, things are not as they should be. But also, like, when... The Frost Wizard woke up. It was because, like, the animals woke him up. It wasn't even, like, the little girl. I guess she explained the situation. Yeah. Okay. He's just napping on the job. Yeah, but I was just kind of like, what are you bringing to this table? And then I realized as I was talking, she she was the only one who could talk and explain what was going on. Um, But, you know, I think just waking him up should have been enough for him to look around and be like, this isn't right. Not necessarily. If he lives in an ice palace on the top of a mountain, then That's he's true. not really going to notice if it's um, if it's supposed to be warm and sunny. Also, it goes well for the story that, you know, that she was able to get there and everything. But, like, who sends mm-hmm. a little child? Like, there's a bunch of adults here and they're like, okay, we will send <laughs> the child to do uh Maybe it's because her center of gravity is lower. Listen, I've seen, I've been watching kids ski circles around me all week. So (laughs) little kids are fearless. They'll throw themselves off a mountain. They'll climb up a mountain. They have zero sense of gravity can kill me. So maybe it's it's best that they sent a child. Yeah, maybe they're like, well, no one else is brave enough to do it except for Gramps here. Also, I think it's something, it's something quite nice about all of the the um, Christmas movies and Christmas stories where you have children as the heroes. Mm-hmm. I feel like it helps add to the story and the magic of around Christmas time and the holidays where you have children take on a role, you know, either saving Christmas, saving Santa Claus, going to the North Pole. Don't get me wrong. I do love it. I'm just judging the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or the other parental figures in the, uh, in the village, I guess, because is she an orphan? I just assumed she was an orphan. Yes. 
Okay. Yes, she's an orphan and she was living with her grandpa. Okay. So, yeah. Old man who kind of said, you know, I would go, but I'm old. Kind of shaming the rest of the people into getting off their Yeah. He was probably looking at Jeffrey in the corner there going, come on, Jeffrey, this is your time. Step it up. Come on, Jeffrey, you can do it. So, yeah, I think. Is that copyright? I don't know if that's copyright. What? The song. Oh, I don't think they're going to come for us. I don't think Bo Burnham's going to gonna sue us, so it's fine. Well, thank you so much for that Bulgarian story. And that's a wrap for 2023. If you want to see all of our show notes and summaries, then be sure to check out our website at www.talesfromtheenchantedforest.com. And remember, as always, we are on every sort of different type of social media. So you can find us on Blue Sky, Mastodon, X, Instagram, TikTok. We have not been active for the past few weeks just due to busyness in life, but we will be picking back up with our regular scheduled posting um, as soon as the new year hits. Mm -hmm. We can be found at Tales from the Enchanted Forest or at From Enchanted or as always, if you are old school like Sparrow, you can always email us at talesfromtheenchantedforest at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, and any suggestions you have to share with us, so please don't hesitate. Remember, travelers, as the year comes to a close, if you enjoyed what you've heard here today and what we do here in general, please give us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast. It helps the podcast grow and reach new travelers to join us on these adventures, which we will hopefully be continuing on in the new year. Mm-hmm. And remember, there's always a place for you in the Enchanted Forest. Mm-hmm.